The Bible reading today is from 1 Peter 4, 8-11. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Lovely to see you at church tonight. I'm Travis, if we haven't had uh, the pleasure or privilege of meeting yet. And I don't know if you've ever come across the term uh, sacrifice of praise. Is that ring true for a bunch of people? That place where you've got to be at, where you're just like, man, sometimes I don't feel like I'm in that place of just really wanting to worship or, or praise God, but it's actually going to cost me, but I'm going to make the conscious choice to praise him. I think tonight for me is a little bit of a sacrifice of service, so that's going to be okay because that's on point and that's on topic. We had a very minimal sleep last night with a very sick girl and emergency trips. I was done with today and this weekend at about 2pm and I think that's a nice lead in because sometimes serving is not convenient, you're not serving from a place of strength, but is it worth it? Well, I walked into church tonight and I can smell bacon cooking. So... As we're going to see throughout the service, hopefully you're going to come away with just a renewed sense of actually just believing that that we are called into this place of servanthood and service from the littlest things to the most significant things, and yet God is in that, and because of that, it is so, so worth it, and we actually want to orient our entire lives around it. If you're just visiting, we're in a series at the moment called Beyond Routine, and tonight's sermon will follow that a little bit, being a bit out of routine as well. And the idea behind this series is that it's so easy for us to just go on autopilot. And often that can reduce what we're doing down to this almost tokenistic, legalistic observance. We're just going through the motions unthinkingly and we miss out. We almost rob ourselves of the full blessing of stepping into those things engaging with them very deliberately and Holy Spirit infused. And the kind of image I have, and you're going to have to work with me on this one, the images that I had for us during this week is of a giant action figurine. Did did anyone remember giant action, well not giant, or just action figurines? Did anyone get those as a kid? It was a long time ago, so I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure I got some G.I. Joes back in the day. But you know how they come, and there's that cardboard thing, and, you know, they've got zippy-tied arms and things. Sometimes they've got that real clear plastic in front of them. Right, well, I want you to imagine a life-size one of those boxes, full-on themed and branded and on all that kind of stuff. And I want to picture you, well, I don't want to picture you, you can picture you in that box. Does that make sense? Because an action figurine is deliberately created by its creator, isn't it? It's designed with purpose and actually has in many ways a reflection, an image, a fingerprint of the creator behind it. And I want us to just to think through service in that way, that actually we are created by God for purpose. And part of that purpose is to serve others and to use the gifts that he has given us to serve others. Unlike those things that you get at Christmas and you get very excited and you manage to tear them open and then you find out that little little rectangle on the back that says batteries not included, right? right? We've been given, gifted power from on high for the purpose for which God has created us. He's filled us with his Holy Spirit. He is the one who is giving us the gifts and actually empowering us to serve and to love others, to bless others and to build up the church, which I think is really exciting. 
I wonder if for some of us, we tend to hang a little bit close to that box and don't actually step into the fullness of who God has created us to be. We don't step into the fullness of the opportunities that we have day by day, week by week, in a whole bunch of different contexts to actually not just serve, but to be servants in that space. So thinking of that box and thinking of you in it, I want you to turn to the people around you and just share what are some of the things that keep us from being in that place of serving others. Could be attitudes, could be some excuses. If you want to feel comfortable, you could not use your own. You can say, well, I have a friend or I've heard that some people think this. All right, so what are some of the barriers effectively for us engaging in a life of service? That's what I'm asking. What are some of the barriers to engaging in a life of service? You've got 45 seconds. All right. How did we go? I actually want to hear from you guys, not just about, about me. What, what are some of the things that are just naturally uh, that we do experience that push back in us to serving others? What are some of those barriers to a lifestyle of service? Yeah. Oh, shyness. Yep. Yep. Oh, fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fear. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, huge one. Yep. To practically caring and serving for other people. It's like, where does that fit in my life? Where does that fit in my week? Yep. Yep. Very true. Have you caught that one, comparing yourselves to other people and thinking, well, I wouldn't do it as well as them, so I'm not going to even step into it. Yeah, uh, Lindo. We were just having a conversation about, you know, it depends on what you define as your life of service or, and we were thinking that, you know, every part of our life is something that in our minds we see as service to God, but it's like you lose the vision of it and it becomes just mundane, like you're just doing it for the sake of doing it rather than because it's for God. Yeah. Hundred percent. You lose that sense of almost call and purpose in, in what you're doing, which is great. Cool. Um, all right. Like I, I thought of a, a few because obviously I had a bit more more time to think of it. It's an ugly thing in us, but but sometimes we actually feel there's a little bit of sense of pride and entitlement. Like doing whatever that job is 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 a bit beneath me. Maybe sometimes there is that sense or, uh, as well of just going, isn't somebody else going to do that? Or just assuming that somebody else will, will serve in a, particularly in practical ways. We always think, oh, someone else will pack up the chairs after church. Someone else will sweep out in the foyer and there's a great but there's a whole bunch of things isn't there that's within us that if we're not careful that actually keeps us back from serving others and using our lives and the gifts that God has given us in the service of others and that's a great tragedy because that's partly how and who we've been created to be and who we're called to be so when I talk about service tonight, I am talking about it in the broadest possible sense. So I want to talk all the way through from those little acts of service that you do. It's uh, the helping uh, the old lady cross the street with her groceries through to the big call of God on your life using gifts in the service of the kingdom or the world in whatever that looks. The first point I want to just start with is that one of the things we need to reclaim, I think, is reclaiming service as discipleship. So not seeing that service is some kind of additional add-on, it's just some kind of task for us that's an optional extra in the Christian life if we have enough time, if we're in the right mood, if we have the right 
skill set, but actually understand that servanthood is a normal part of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So there's a great verse in Mark chapter 10, you probably know this, this is part of Jesus' purpose, and he gathers his disciples together because they were starting to jostle for position and wanted the privileges and the rights and the power associated with position. And Jesus calls them together, this is Mark 10 verse 42, and he says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them pretty familiar with that in our culture and our society. High officials exercise authority over others. But, says Jesus, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Fairly confronting imagery. In verse 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we have the example of Jesus as being the ultimate servant. And as our Lord, as our master, as the one we're trying to learn to live and love like, we are called into this same pattern of being in relationship with others and the world around us, called into servanthood. Jesus models this all throughout his life, but I think one of the great um, illustrations of this is obviously John chapter 13, where he washes the feet of his disciples. What an incredibly humbling and serving thing, something you would think would be so beneath the creator of the world, and yet his instructions to his disciples is that I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you, John 13 verse 15. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent me. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And then later the early church would celebrate the example of Jesus when it came to servanthood. Uh, And so Paul will write to the church in Philippi, says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of each other. And in these relationships, have the same mindset as Jesus. And then there's that beautiful, what's referred to as the Christ hymn, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. And then it goes on to talk about his life and his death and his resurrection. So when it comes to serving and serving others, and being servants, this is a normal part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, because this is who Jesus is, and this is how Jesus has conducted his life, and what he has called us into. And like all areas of our discipleship, it comes from this place of just beautiful response. Isn't that how we do obedience? Isn't that how we do faith? Isn't that how we do everything? That our discipleship itself is in this overflow of response to who God is and the love that we've experienced from him. And when we think about what he has done for us, don't we just want to honor him and, and give him our all? So it's not that Jesus is kind of calling us reluctantly or under compulsion, kicking and dragging and screaming into this life of service. But when we truly understand how Jesus has served us, how Jesus has loved us, the impact and the influence of Jesus in our lives, then the overflow of that, part of our response of worship, is to engage in meaningful service and servanthood with others. It did make sense to quite a lot of you. I was pretty inspired by uh, Steve's views from the pews last week, or the blue chairs, not, not the same ring, sorry, so views from the pews. Um, so I did that again this week, sent out uh, a bunch of emails 
which, by the way, doesn't sound as cool as, you know, hit the streets together, some opinions. But anyways, I sent out a bunch of emails from, from people from the life of our evening service, from our 5.30 service, around this issue of serving, why they serve, how they serve, what they think is really important in it. And so today's message really is going to be almost this curated discussion around their responses. But obviously, the Bible also talks about humility and not boasting and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to keep their responses anonymous. And instead of just listening to me read them, I'm just throwing out there a little bit of a a hope and a prayer that someone's going to be keen for this. Would some people be keen to come up and read some of these responses? That'd be great. Others will be able to get a a chance and and, and have, have a turn as well. So beautiful. Oh, you can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you want. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I need to. Oh, we, we've got lots of responses to get through, so I figure we can just, we can power through. Beautiful. I asked a bunch of people why they serve, what their motivation for serving was and is, and I think some of these answers tap into this idea of, of this just being a normal part of what it means to be a Christian and to be a follower of Jesus and to allow our love for him to spill out into the way that we live for him. So why don't we just power through these yep. one by one? My motivation for serving comes from knowing that Jesus lived a sacrificial life of service and called his followers to live in the same way. When I serve in any capacity, be it from the front or where it is unseen on Sunday, to actively serving within my broader community, I'm bringing forth the kingdom of God and showing those who look in what it means to live in the same manner as Christ. When I serve and see others serve, it is a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven and I want more of that. Someone else was speaking about the fact that just Jesus transformed me. It's part of the motivation. Uh, Another suggested that, well, I started serving in response to a clear prompt from the Holy Spirit. It was actually the Holy Spirit that's prompting that led them into serving and starting to serve. Another one, just because these are sort of shorter ones, spoke of, well, I serve as a testament to God's kingdom. I serve also in response to Jesus' sacrifice. How could I not when he paid such a great price for me? Have those last two? It's God's idea, so it's a good one. I'm designed for it, as we all are, and doing what I'm designed for makes sense as a good way to live. I serve because I feel it is right and gives a sense of a that's what Jesus would do moment. Mm. Have you ever experienced that moment where you're doing something uh, maybe out of kindness or patience or, or love for somebody else, or maybe a really practical way of serving them, or maybe you're using your gifts to serve in ministry and you just have that moment of a, oh, this actually feels like a, this is what Jesus would do sort of moment. I hope so, because I'm going to ask you to turn to the people around you and share what that moment was.
I feel that like that actually generated a, a really good amount of discussion. So that's great. Keep, keep those conversations going because I mean, if you ever experience those moments, you just this is it. This is where we want to live, and this is how we want to keep keep being. That the, the every day, every week, we've got these stories where we go, "This is what Jesus would want me to do and be in this situation," which I think is is wonderful. If you are writing notes, just a question, maybe for your own personal reflection later. Is just this one. Where or how have I recently been resisting embracing a Jesus type of servanthood? Where have I been resisting embracing a Jesus type of servanthood? Glad I didn't get you to talk to each other about that one, aren't you? Yeah, so just not that, jot that one down. So we want to reclaim service as discipleship, as normative for all believers. My second point tonight for those who are writing notes is that I actually want to celebrate the impact that serving has in us. And I get that that might be a really strange point in a fundamentally others-centered exercise, but the aim of today's message is to encourage us to go beyond routine in our serving. So I want to stir up and inspire and, and, and just actually celebrate that serving is a really good thing for us to be doing, that actually stepping into those places where we become servants, where we become the hands and feet of Jesus, where we unbox ourselves and step into the fullness of what God has for us is a really good thing. So let's hear the collective testimony of this this community, that serving is wonderful, so we want to get after it together. So why don't you kick us off? Serving has had such a major impact on me in my life and had caused me to think about faith issues and the heart behind my actions. As I've been serving and leading others, I felt God teach me more than I expected, and I really learned to trust and rely on God as my strength and source of energy. Uh, someone else responded, serving others is profoundly impacting. It humbles me allows me to deepen my relationships with others and forge new relationships. It broadens my understanding of God and his character and over time has become more of a natural habit. I have received so much more out of serving than what I expected, but that's because God is more amazing than we ever realise. I have gained many new relationships with people I have served alongside and been inspired by how they follow Jesus. I have had my heart expanded. Serving stretches me, stretches my trust in God's ability to equip, stretches my ability to love, stretches me to understand others more clearly. As I've served, I've experienced a growing intimacy in my relationship with Jesus. I've been in the trench alongside him. I've strategized with him. I've watched him, copied him, failed and tried again. But probably most importantly, I've seen and caught his passion for people to meet him. I wouldn't trade it for anything and I could never learn that in a pew. Serving has helped me to stay focused on what is truly important in this life, sharpened my focus. Serving has brought me much joy and motivation. I think of us at PBC like a family, and the more you serve relationally, the more fun and enjoyable it is. The more you feel you belong, the stronger the bonds become, and the more you feel you belong, the more you enjoy serving. Yeah, and lastly this round, I'm just thankful when I'm able to serve and contribute a small part to the working of a church that has built me up so much in my time here. That's some cool collection of testimonies. I feel I'm cheating everybody if I don't give you the opportunity to turn to someone around you and just share. What are some of those really positive impacts that serving others in very practical ways or, or serving in your area of giftedness actually has on you?
All right, I feel that might have been a natural lull in the conversation. That's, that's great. Yeah, our conversation straight away went to, to the, the impact it has over us on time and just how serving actually becomes, in, in a way, actually easier and becomes more habit-formed in our lives, which we love and, uh, and love seeing that in us, which is really cool. So hopefully some of that has inspired you as well. So we want to reclaim discipleship as just, just uh, service as discipleship, that normally for every Christian, hopefully that little celebration of the impact that serving has on us will just put a little extra fuel in your bellies to, to jump out into, into service in, in a new or a fresh way uh, in the coming weeks. But I wanted to land with a really important one, and that is to reclaim the heart of service. That actually our heart uh, in serving and the way in which we serve is often perhaps the most important, that it's not just the, the tasks because that then becomes the routine thing. It becomes a legalistic, tokenistic, well, I'm just going to do the task in order for God to be blessed or for people to think that I'm doing the right thing. But actually the heart that we have in stepping into this place of caring for others practically and using our gifts to serve and to build up the body is really important. So we actually had some testimonies coming through our responses what people thought was really important, some of the things that were important as it came to serving. So uh, again, this is all from the life of evening service, so this is pretty cool. Serving shouldn't be about doing things so people think better of you. It should be a response to your love for God. It's fine to be seen while serving, but I think you need to have the mindset of, would I still do this if no one even noticed? The important thing for me is doing it for the right reasons with the right intention behind it. When it comes to serving, what I think is particularly important is to serve with all your heart, soul, spirit and mind instead of serving for good publicity and impressing as it kind of defeats the purpose of serving. Integrity is non-negotiable. You serve from who you are. When serving, I think it is important to remember that we are weak vessels, earthenware, but God meets us in our weakness and uses us for his glory. We should not become so proud of ourselves that we forget God. He has to be kept at the centre of what we do and why we do it so that we can take our direction from him and rest in his will. Uh, one person was speaking about serving that fits who I am rather than copying someone else's way of serving. And over time, my motivation and desire for serving has changed. You guys are a wise bunch, I'm telling you. 5.30 service, there is some gold in there and I, and I pray that you actually take hold of, of some of that as you start to think through the way that you serve in your own lives. Can we thank these two ladies for serving us? Why really? Awesome. If you have your Bibles open, please do look at them. And if you don't, you're more than welcome to open them. To 1 Peter 4, when it comes to reclaiming the heart of service, I just want to leave you with these very, I think, simple and yet quite profound instructions and verses. So when it comes to reclaiming the heart of service, I think one of the key things that we need to take hold of is that it needs to be done in love, which is verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. When it comes to the way that we serve each other, whether it is in a, a formal upfront position like this or, or like the band, whether it's an uh, unseen service that happens in the life of our church, like cleaning the toilets, pretty unglamorous on a Saturday, or the, or the glass windows in the foyer, whether it is the, the kind and the gentle, spontaneous bits of serving that happen person to person, where you see that your neighbour is struggling or you're aware that a friend is doing it tough and you do something practically to serve and to care for them, uh, I think it needs to be done in love and I think that probably just makes a lot of sense well, we understand and we receive when something is done from that kind of place we, we understand the blessing that, that it has so it needs to be done in love this service of each other and the second one is that we need to be stewarding God's grace as we serve 
It's a beautiful phrase, but this is verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift that you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And God's grace in its various forms there um, is, that, is that beautiful, beautiful word, charis, which captures this dual emphasis of God's big, abundant grace to us, that we are the recipients of divine mercy and all of these blessings in life that we have are unearned and undeserved. And so we need to, to steward those well, everything from, from the new life that we have in him to the forgiveness of sins through to just the stuff that he gives us in our lives. But it also carries with it that very specific instruction around the gracious giving by the Holy Spirit of the gift that every individual believer has. And so those gifts that he's given us and those callings that he's placed on our lives, we are to steward them. That is to take care of them, to, to make sure that we use them appropriately. And the best way to use them appropriately is as often as God intends us to do in the way and the manner that God intends us to. I think it's actually a lovely image that when it comes to serving someone practically, I'm not just mowing their lawn or or picking up their laundry, I'm actually stewarding God's grace and almost sharing a picture, a a tangible expression of God's grace. When we come up and we step into that place of of giftedness, whether it's, yeah, whatever it is, whether it's youth leading, small group leading, there's there's lots of gifts in the Bible. We won't go through them all now. But whatever that is, it's not just, well, I'm doing this thing now so I can be the person up the front, but actually I'm stewarding uh, God's grace to me. This is part of handling the grace that I've been given well and actually using that is a form of passing on that grace to others as well. So we want our service to be done in love. We want our service to be stewarding God's grace, both his unmerited favour, but also his specific giftings in our lives. Obviously, it needs to be others-centred as well. And so not only does verse 8 and verse 9 pick this up, but verse 10 makes it very clear that we should each use whatever gift we have received to serve others. That it's not about building ourselves up. It's not about self-gratification. I feel really proud about myself when I do that thing. It's not that. It's actually a fundamentally others-centered exercise. And I think that's the model that we've seen in Jesus, uh, in the way that he loved for and cared and saw and and come alongside others. In fact, his whole life, the the laying down of his life was for the other. That other was all of us, uh, but he was fundamentally others-centered. And I think our service should be as well. And you heard some of the warnings there in the things that were important about serving from the testimonies of this congregation as well, about motives and making sure that our our heart is in the right place and, and they're actually serving from a place of integrity I think it's really important as well. Spirit empowered would be the next thing as well. When it comes to the heart of service, the beautiful thing is that we're not just simply engaged in a human-centric activity. We're not just relying on our own cleverness or our own strengths or the way for us to work this up in our own minds, but there is a very real a power that comes from God, His Holy Spirit, who is at work in us and through us as we serve, often prompting us to serve in a particular way or often lending power to the way that we serve, particularly from the most place of giftedness, but also the witness of just everyday kindness that we show others. So this would be verse 11. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. So we want to be serving from a place of love, a place of stewarding God's grace, a place of being others-centered, actually acknowledging that there is a spirit empowerment that comes alongside and infuses our service, and that over all of this, it is ultimately for his glory, which is the back half of verse 11. That in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
Oh, that, yeah, yeah, there was a little question mark in there. That was, that was a call and response, I mean. I don't think Paul was saying that there, but I was. When we serve and we understand that actually God is at work and he's being glorified in and through our service, doesn't that just infuse it with a whole bunch of excitement and purpose and significance? Even the little stuff, God is at work in and through. So I'm going to end with some words from my brothers and sisters in this room. So two last ones. I serve because it's a natural outpouring of what God has given me. He's filled me with such love and joy, and I just can't help but want to share that with others and help build up the church by serving wherever I can. Or another, my desire is that God will use us to fulfill the plans that he has for all of his people. And my prayer is that we will do our best in our service for his kingdom. So I want you to leave with Ephesians 6 verse 7 ringing in your hearts. This was originally written to servants, like actual servants, but I think it's appropriate for us given that we are a kingdom of servants. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you for whatever good you do, whether or not you are a slave person or a free person. Amen? So to really push you tonight, I'd love to end by getting you just to turn to some people around you. And if you're uncomfortable with this, there is no pressure at all to do this. But I would actually love for us to pray for one another. Pray that each other would be inspired to greater servanthood. To step into the fullness of the giftings that God has placed on our lives. And that God would bless and be at work in that person as they step into those things. Let's actually pray for each other. And as I said, if praying that sort of thing is, is too uncomfortable for you, Feel free just to um, shut your eyes and pray on your own or or reflect on on this message. But I'd love it as a community of faith if we were actually building each other up and spurring each other on in this area, but actually deliberately praying into the way that God will lead us to serve others and to serve him in the weeks and the months and the years coming. So let's do that now.